welcome to Round the Cauldron. My name is Megan, and I'm here to shed light on Wicca from a modern perspective. This podcast is produced every Monday, sometimes educational, sometimes philosophical, and always honest. So grab some coffee, pull up a seat, and join me Round the Cauldron. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me for episode 26 of Round the Cauldron. If this is your first time listening, I'm glad you're here. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Show notes and links for each episode can be found at roundthecauldron.com. Come back often and feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to help other witchy people find me. You can also follow me on Facebook at Round the Cauldron, on Twitter at Round the Cauldron without the D, and on Instagram at Round the Cauldron. You can also help support this podcast for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron. There you can get sneak peeks of new products, exclusive content, and a coupon code for use in my shop once a month, depending on your tier. Don't forget, through August, you can use the code PC15, that's PC15, to get 15% off your order in my shop. So head on over to roundthecauldron.com slash shop and check out what I have to offer for you there. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, send me an email at roundthecauldron at gmail.com. So for today's topic, I wanted to talk about books of sh- books of shadows, book of shadows, having a book of shadows, <laughs> however you're supposed to say that. Um, having a book of shadows is something that is attributed a lot to most Wiccan people. Um, and I wanted to chat about it because there's there's a little bit of stigma surrounding what a book of shadows needs to look like and what it should be. But first, first I wanted to take you through a little bit of the Gardnerian Book of Shadows. Now, the Gardnerian Book of Shadows is attributed to Gerald Gardner. Um, and it was attributed by Gerald Gardner to an ancient clandestine witch cult that he claimed to have been initiated into. Um, modern researchers have com- concluded, though, that the Book of Shadows was actually composed by Gardner because of the influences of the texts in the book. Um, the influences, they range from English and Celtic folklore to Thelema, the Golden Dawn, Tantric yoga and stregoria. I think I'm saying that right. Um, so the version that is available online for free reading was compiled by Aidan Kelly and it was originally posted on the internet in the mid 90s. And I'll leave a link to the Gardnerian Book of Shadows in the show notes. It is available for reading for free through sacredtexts.com. So, well, I guess before I go through Gardner's Book of Shadows, I should really explain what a Book of Shadows is. It would be no help to anybody that didn't know what a Book of Shadows is, just to hop straight into Gerald Gardner's Book of Shadows. Um, So a Book of Shadows is a witch's book of information, I would say. That's sort of my definition for a Book of Shadows. Um, It can include anything from correspondences, herbs, spell work, rituals, 
any information that the Wiccan feels that the witch, sorry, not just Wiccan, because book the Book of Shadows is not just a Wiccan thing. Um, it can be filled with any information that the witch would find helpful. And um, this is especially true if you're in a coven. Most covens, as far as I'm aware, have a coven Book of Shadows that new initiates are required to copy verbatim, word for word. So, Gardnerian's Book of Shadows contains um, things for casting the circle, drawing down the moon. Um, It's got information regarding the charge and the degree system that they use, different chants. Um, There's something in it called the Eightfold Way. Um, There's some rituals. And then there's something called the Old Laws, which is interesting. Um, so the old laws, it was written in 1961. I'll read the first, uh, first couple of paragraphs, I guess, so you can get a feel for what it really means if you're not going to go to the website. Um, now keep in mind, this was in the sixties and Wicca is a very fertility based religion especially at its founding. And there there are some things in here that will, will not apply to the modern age. So the old law says, A, the law was made and ordained of old. The law was made for the Wicca to advise and help in their troubles. The Wicca should give due worship to the gods and obey their will, which they ordain, for it was made for the good of the Wicca as the Wicca's worship is good for the gods, for the gods love the Wicca. As a man loveth a woman by mastering her, so the Wicca should love the gods by being mastered by them. And it is necessary that the circle, which is the temple of the gods, should be truly cast and purified, that it may be a fit place for the gods to enter. And the Wicca should be properly prepared and purified to enter into the presence of the gods, With love and worship in their hearts, they shall raise power from their bodies to give power to the gods, as has been taught us of old. For in this way only may man have communion with the gods, for the gods cannot help man without the help of men. Um, I just want to retch at that. Um, yeah. So you can see how sexist that is. Let's see, let's see what... The first degree initiation. Oh, that's a ritual for the first degree initiation. Oh, well, I guess this is something good to talk about here. So, in Wicca, most most Wiccans will use the term blessed be. And it comes from the fivefold kiss. Let's see if I can find the fivefold kiss specifically. If I can't, that's okay. Nope, I can't. So the fivefold kiss in in Gardnerian Wicca is part of initiation. And it happens it happens in the middle of initiation after um oh I guess after initiation, um after they proclaim to the four quarters, take heed ye lords of the watchtowers that 
the person's name, is properly prepared to be made a priestess and a witch. Three times round the circle with dance, step, and chant, place postulant in the east and say kneel, the postulant kneels, it says strike 11 bells, strike 11 knells on the bell and say rise. In other religions, the postulant kneels while the priest towers above him, but in the art magical, we are taught to be humble, so we kneel to welcome them and we say, Blessed be thy feet that have brought you in these ways. Blessed be the knees that shall kneel at the sacred altar. Blessed be thy womb, without which we would not be. Blessed be thy breasts, erected in beauty and in strength. Blessed be thy lips, which, which shall utter the sacred names. Before ye are sworn, art willing to pass the ordeal and be purified. So, that... That is part of the fivefold kiss. And so after each line, you know, blessed be thy feet, the the priest or priestess, whoever is doing the initiation, kisses the, um, that part of the person. So, you know, blessed be thy feet, blessed be thy knees, blessed be thy womb, blessed be thy breasts, blessed be thy lips, that, that thing. So that's where blessed be comes from. But anyways, I just wanted to show you... Gardner's Book of Shadows, and to let you know that mostly it's not like this anymore. So I'll use myself as an example. I don't have a Book of Shadows. I should. I have a really beautiful leather-bound journal that I want to turn into my Book of Shadows, but I am a humongous perfectionist, and I really like things to be organized in a certain way. And I can't do that with a bound book. So I just haven't done it. So what should you have in your book of shadows if you choose to make one? The things that I would suggest to keep in a book of shadows is um, any tenets or rules that you live by. So if you are Wiccan, um, this would most likely be the Wiccan read. If you follow the threefold law, that would be a good thing to place in there. Um, the charge of the god and the charge of the goddess would be good things to place in there. If you have any deities, any gods or goddesses that you specifically worship, you can put any information about them in your book of shadows. And then another good thing to keep in your book of shadows is information about the Sabbaths and different rituals and how you choose to, um, celebrate the Sabbaths. Anything that is relevant to your practice would be a perfect thing to include in your Book of Shadows. This could be anything from recipes for sunbread or soup or incense or candles or whatever, whatever you use for different Sabbaths to celebrate. Those, those are good things to include in your Book of Shadows. Um, you can also include correspondences. And now I, I wrote a blog post. I'll link it in the, in the show notes. Um, and the previous episode as well about correspondences. I did an episode, right? I don't remember... Maybe it was in my candle magic episode. Um, but anyways, 
Depending on your tradition and if you're initiated into a coven, your correspondences might be different. Um, the blog post that I wrote was about uh, correspondences, tradition, or um, emotion, I think it was. And that's really something that you should take into account if you're not initiated into a tradition or a coven where you have to use specific correspondences. Correspondences can be a very personal thing for you. And if you have personal correspondences, those are what I would include in the Book of Shadows that you have for yourself. These can be anything from colors to scents to flowers and crystals and herbs and any basically anything that could have a personal correspondence. A lot of correspondences are going to be um, mainstream, I suppose, but a lot of the color correspondences are also going to have to do with psychology and the way color affects our emotions and our mind. If you practice any sort of divination, then your Book of Shadows is a great place to put in like tarot spreads or anything else like that. Um, I really only practice with tarot and I have a couple of pendulums, um, but the tarot spreads would be a main thing that I would include in my Book of Shadows. And then of course, any, any spell work or spells that you have would be included in your Book of Shadows as well. Any chants, rituals, and spells. Now I do have to say that as, as well as a Book of Shadows, I also recommend having something that most people call a Book of Mirrors um, or just a, just a journal. And this is going to be something that you use in your learning process. Now depending on how you have your Book of Shadows set up, you can, you can use your Book of Shadows in a journalistic manner. However you want to do it is fine. Um, but I find it easier to have a separate journal for my learning processes and then using a book of shadows as something more concrete. I would use the book of mirrors for tarot questions and any tarot readings that I have done to keep track. Um, I would also use it for anything that I am learning. So if I was to take a deep dive into astrology. I'd, honestly, I'd probably have a completely separate notebook for astrology while I'm doing my learning and then transfer over any information that I feel is necessary into my book of shadows. Now, a book of mirrors is also good for if you're trying new spells. So if you write a spell and then you want to include it in your book of shadows, I think it's a good practice to really write about it in a journal or book of mirrors first. That way you can determine the, um, not the consequences, but the effects of the spell. Um, so was it effective? How long did it take? Uh, is there anything that you need to change? Did it even work or did it not work? Um, how did it make you feel? Did it achieve its goal or did it have an unexpected outcome? Those, those are really good things to include in a journal. That way, if you have that spell and you want to you wanna keep it in your Book of Shadows, you don't add a spell into your Book of Shadows that doesn't work for you. 
it gives you a chance to experiment with it and tweak it as much as it needs to be before you add the completed spell into your book of shadows. So it's sort of like a the information in your book of mirrors is a rough draft and then you transfer the final draft into your book of shadows once it's completed. This now I don't know if this works for anyone else but that would that might just be my my scientific brain speaking and wanting to go through it and do do it scientifically and have a trial and error and keep track of if it worked or not. Now a book of mirrors would also be something good to keep track of how different things affect you. So for example, we are currently in Mercury retrograde. How does Mercury retrograde affect you? Do you feel any different? Um, if you do, how do you feel different? Are you doing anything to combat the energy that you're feeling? Um, uh, does the full moon affect you? How do you feel during the different moon phases? Because when you go ahead and you personalize your magic and you personalize your spell work, those things are going to matter. You're not going to want to do an elaborate ritual or an elaborate spell during the full moon if the full moon is something that completely drains you of energy. If, if you're the kind of person that the full moon just saps all the energy out of you, then you would want to do something very low-key, very mellow, very simple. But that doesn't mean that what you're doing is going to be boring or not powerful. You just have to adjust, but you can't adjust if you don't know what to adjust for. Now, as far as the Book of Shadows goes, Gerald Gardner actually wrote a warning for the Book of Shadows. Um, it's, it's dated as 1953. This is also available on sacred texts and it's basically a warning for how you should keep your Book of Shadows. And I'm going to read it to you and then I'm going to give you my opinion on it. And now this is the first time I've read this whole warning or it's the first time I've read it in a really long time. Uh, <laughs> so here it goes. He says, keep this book in your own hand of right. Let brothers and sisters copy what they will, but never let this book out of your hands and never keep the writings of another. For if it be found in their hand of right, they may well be taken and tortured. Each should guard his own writings and destroy them whenever danger threatens. Learn as much as you may by heart, and when the danger is past, rewrite your book. For this reason, if any die, destroy their book if they have not been able to, for if it be found and tis clear proof against them. Ye may not be a witch alone, so all their friends be in danger of the torture. So destroy everything not necessary. If your book be found on you, tis clear proof against you. You may be tortured. Keep all thought of the cult from your mind. Say you had bad dreams, that a devil caused you to write this without your knowledge. Think to yourself, I know nothing, I remember nothing, I have forgotten all. Drive this into your mind. If the torture be too great to bear, say, I will confess, I cannot bear this torment. What do you want me to say? Tell me, and I will say it. If they try to make you talk of the broth, do not. But if they try to make you speak of impossibilities, such as flying through the air, consorting with the devil, 
sacrificing children, or eating men's flesh, say, I had an evil dream. I was not myself. I was crazed. Not all magistrates are bad. If there be an excuse, they may show you mercy. If you have confessed aught, deny it afterwards. Say you babbled under the torture. You knew not what you did or said. If you be condemned, fear not. The brotherhood is powerful. They may help you to escape if you are steadfast. If you betray aught, there is no hope for you in this life or in that which is to come. But tis sure that if steadfast you go to the pyre, drugs will reach you. You will feel not, and you go but to death in what lies beyond the ecstasy of the goddess. The same with the working tools. Let them be as ordinary things that any one may have in their homes. The pentacles shall be of wax that they may be melted or broken at once. Have no sword unless your rank allows you one. Have no names or signs on any them, anything. Write them on in ink before consecrating them and wash it off at once when finished. Never boast, never threaten, never say you wish ill to anyone. If any speak of the craft, say, Speak not to me of such, it frightens me. Tis evil luck to speak of it. Talk about dramatic. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know what Gerald Gardner was worried about in the in the 50s. It wasn't like, as far as I know, it wasn't like they were burning witches at the stake. Everyone, well, I guess I can only speak for the United States. I can't speak for anywhere else in the world because I don't live there. Um, yeah, but I mean, his warning is very, very dramatic. And I disagree with a lot of it. Um, first of all. If you want to write your book of shadows by hand, go for it. More power to you. I mean, some people have beautiful handwriting, but then you have some people like me whose handwriting starts out really good, but then my hands get tired really fast and it ends up looking like crap and it doesn't look cohesive or like the same person wrote it. So I end up scrapping it. You don't need to write your book of shadows by hand. Um, there are people out there who cannot physically write anyways um, for one reason or another. So, I mean, what is what does Gerald Gardner expect them to do? And then never let the book out of your hands. I think that's personal preference um, depending on your situation, if it's safe for you to do so, um, or if you just don't want to. Nobody's going to torture you, not typically, um, for having a book of shadows. But it is, it is something that I consider to be personal. So I would, I would more or less keep it to myself. I would let my, my family read it. I'd let my daughter read it. it, it if at all possible, I would want to have a grimoire that I could, um, or a book of shadows. <laughs> Grimoire and Book of Shadows sometimes are used interchangeably within Wicca. Um, I'm not sure if there is a specific difference. I'm sure there is. Um, but if there is, I don't know it. Um, I would like to have a Book of Shadows that I could pass on to my daughter one day if she so chooses. So eventually I will take the time to write it all down by hand in my beautiful leather-bound book that I got for my birthday, actually, last year. 
Thanks, mom and dad, if you're listening. <laughs> um, your book of shadows can be digital. If you want to keep your book of shadows on your computer and have a folder called book of shadows and then a like a word document for each thing go for it that's that is a super easy way to organize a book of shadows and then you can print it out and keep it in a three ring binder i mean you're not limited to how your book of shadows has to look you do it the way you want to do it in the way that feels right for you I did have a book of shadows once when I was when I was first starting out and I used a binder. I used a three ring binder. I would write on my lined paper the things that I wanted to keep in my book of shadows and then I would put it in the binder and then that way it's easily organized. If I decide that I want to have my spells in the back and my herbs and crystal information in the front, I can do that. Or if I want to have spells first randomly, I can swap everything out and around and I don't have to start all over. Now, something Gerald Gardner said here in his warning was, um, learn as much as you may by heart and when the danger is past, rewrite your book. So I actually think part of that is, is good advice. Learn as much as you can by heart. And don't rely on your book of shadows for every single piece of information. So take the time when you're learning something new to write down any information that you need, but also study it. Don't just write it verbatim. Try to understand what it is that you're writing down and why you're reading what it is that you're reading and what it is that you intend to get from what you're doing. You want... In, in my opinion, you want your Book of Shadows to be a, a reference book. So for something that you know you have the information for, but for some reason it's not coming to you right this second, you can turn to your Book of Shadows, flip it open, and say, ah, yes, there's the information I need. That's, that's what I wanted. And then the same thing for, your, for the spell work. Not every spell, you're not going to memorize every single spell that you do. But you do want it to be more of a reference instead of a, for lack of a better word, instead of a Bible. It's better to learn all that you can um, by heart so you don't have to constantly carry your book of shadows around with you. Now, that doesn't mean that that information that you're learning by heart doesn't need to go in your book of shadows. Because what if you do forget something? Or what if you do want to pass your book of shadows on? Then what are you going to have to do? Rewrite your whole book of shadows because you forgot to include some information? No. Write everything down in the book of shadows, but try to, re try to remember what it is that you're writing and what it is that you're doing. And do it the way you want. If you want to have a three-ring binder go for it. If you want to have a million different notebooks for different subjects and different things, go for it. If you want to have a digital copy, go for it. The cool thing about that is you can pop it on a USB, um, a, a thumb drive or a flash drive and take it with you wherever you go. Or if you want to have an elaborate, decorated, colorful, leather-bound book of shadows, do that too. It's how you want it to be. 
So do it for yourself and not for anyone else. Until next time, everyone. Bye. Please consider supporting this podcast at patreon.com slash roundthecauldron, where you can get patron-only perks. Also, don't forget to head over to roundthecauldron.com for show notes, links, articles, and more.